Ooh, 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 baby. Church Table Productions is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm, the one-stop shop to get your show off the ground. Anchor.fm. Email us at churchtableproductions at gmail.com. Churchtableproductions at gmail.com is all one word. And like us on Facebook. Follow, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a bunch of other ones. And back to the show. So we're talking, you were at Marriott at ORU, right? Okay. So that's where you met your wife today. Yes. Okay. So, well, today, you're still married. You didn't get divorced, right? No. Okay, good. First and only marriage. We're 30 years now. 30 years? Is that the anniversary year? Yeah. Oh, wow. Last, last, uh, actually, it was just before uh, New Year's. Hit 30. Wow. Wait, so you had one of those weddings that was like between Christmas and Easter? I mean, Christmas and New Year's, right? Well, we were working in food service at the time, so yeah, yeah. wait for the breaks. Oh, oh, so did anybody show up to the wedding? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I, I had a friend who did that. I was like, I can't go. I'm going out of town for Christmas. It's horrible. But anyways, yeah. Well, most, of course, all of her family and friends were there. Yeah. Uh, this is in St. Louis. It had snowed. It was really pretty. Um, of course, the... Uh, church is still decorated for Christmas. Yeah. Poinsettias everywhere. Oh, that's nice. And uh, so then a bunch of me and my, not my homies, the cowboy friends that I had, we're all showing up in our cowboy boots and, yeah. <laughs> and ready to be silly and do stupid things. So you're there, so you're from Oklahoma to St. Louis. How's St. Louis coming to this? Well, that's where Debbie's from. Oh, okay. So she want to get married back at home. Yes. Cool. Your home church. So what do her parents think about you? Um, here's this Baptist guy trying to steal my daughter. <laughs> well, I told you about the pre, what the priest, how he yeah. s- stood up for me about not having a mass, but, uh, she still says we did have a mass. I just don't remember it. See, that, that was, that, that had been one thing on my wedding where it's like, you have to have a mass. It's not consecrated. It's like not consecrated or something. If you don't have a mass for a Catholic wise, I don't know. But my, my mom was, my, my dad was Baptist too. And so they get married in the church as a mass. So whatever. Yeah, you still you still do the s- s- sacrament yeah. for, for marriage, but yeah, marriage uh, is a sacrament in a right. church. Yeah, and uh, so I know she. I'm pretty sure she got you know she got the blessing and stuff like that, but and it really didn't mean anything to me. So do you remember the priest looking at you, blessing you after the marriage? No, really. It was, it was just a blur. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, was there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, I can remember when we told them we were going to get. Married. This was this was uh, the Christmas before that. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'd gone home with Debbie, see her folks and stuff, and this was when we knew we were going to ask them, you know, or tell them that we we're going to get married. And uh, did you ask them for the blessing? You were like, "We're getting married." Yeah, it was kind of like that. Okay, <laughs> All right. we were at a restaurant and uh, and uh, we'd gone to a. I want to say we'd gone to a play or we'd been someplace. So yeah. anyway, we stopped at one of the little restaurants there that was in their neighborhood. And uh, they were, I remember my future father-in-law saying, does anybody else want this last piece of pizza? And I said, well, while you're chewing on that, chew on this. Hey, <laughs> we <laughs> wow. want to get married. And uh, I remember looking at my mother-in-law and she looked like she'd just been blown up. <laughs> she wow. was like, oh, wow. <laughs> but... Uh, Anyway, that was just, yeah, wow. They, that's just 
kind of where I went from there. Um, she was the first in her family, you know, her brother and sister uh, get married and stuff like that. So it was groundbreaking for that family. Wow. For, for their family. Uh, do you have brothers and sisters? I do. I've got a younger sister, um, and she'd gotten married a couple of years before that. Okay. So. Yeah. What uh, she did she marry a bat, another Baptist or somebody else? Um, he was something else. I want to say, I want to say Presbyterian, uh, maybe Lutheran. But anyway, they're part of the Methodist Church. They kind of uh, um, compromised, I guess, is the best way, to, yeah. way I'm going to put it. But yeah. but they adjusted. They they chose something else. Wow. Okay, so you're you're married. Y'all got married. So when you got married, that's one of the questions here. When was was a uh, was children? Did y'all talk about having children, or were you like, "Hey, I'm this age"? Was she she older than you or younger than you? No, she's she's younger, just a little bit, just a little bit. So was that a conversation before y'all got married? Like, oh, yeah, it was something we're looking forward to. Okay, okay, yeah. So like, yeah, okay, cool. All right, so y'all had a conversation about it. Was it a conversation about? I'm Catholic, you're not, so we're going to raise them Catholic? Or was it like, you, you're, you're just like, you take the wheel, I'm good, whatever you want to do? Um, well, I was I was wanting to stay in the Baptist church. Okay. Um, she was cradled Catholic, and she was going to stay in the Catholic church, but we just knew we were going to figure it out. Well, that's nice. Yeah. And like I said, but for me, um, when the kids came along, and we weren't going to, we were just going to the Catholic church, um, I was feeling left out. I needed to do something. I mean, even before that, when I was still part of the Baptist church, even though we were married and stuff like that, I would still go over and help on their uh, Saturdays. They'd do a, a GI party, if you will. Yeah. And the guys would get together and we would uh, do repair and maintenance on the church. So At the we, Baptist church? At the Baptist church. Okay. So I still took part of that for the longest time. And then, uh, like I said, in 2000, 2009, my world changed. Um, God put the brakes on everything and yeah. gave me time to consider it and, and chase chase what, it down. What does that mean? Uh, Join the Catholic Church. And I, like I said, I started going to RCIA on Sunday mornings. Wait, this was we said he, he put the brakes. What he just like? No, we explain this. Oh, this is whenever because uh, I was I was um, for all the companies I worked for. You know, it was always get in early. Yeah, and usually I was one of the last ones out in the evenings. Yeah. Uh, so it was a lot of long days. Yeah. And uh, so I was pretty focused on work. Okay. And so then, you know, if you're working all the time during the week, if you're going to take care of your yard or do special projects, and that's Saturdays and Sundays that are taken up, just wasn't a whole lot of time. All so right. like I said, God, when God, uh, when I was laid off, um, reduction in force, whatever you want to call it, yeah. whatever the pop term is for it these days. Right. Um you know, I had time to sit at home, send out resumes, and and uh, contemplate what I was going to do. And then, like I said, I remember, I think it was J- uh, Janelle. Um, uh, church. From church. Like, saying, okay, yeah, yeah. Making an announcement, hey, if you want to learn more about the Catholic Church. And I was like, hey, i got time now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I started showing up on Sundays. And then. Uh, oh, wow. And so then, uh, so I was listening to listening to what, what was being said and. and uh, presentations and I thought it was pretty cool. And so then it was like, okay, going forward, you know, if you want to continue on into the RCIA process, you know, we'll see you next, see you next week. And uh, that's how I got started. But uh, Debbie, everybody knew Debbie. 
Debbie had been president of the women's club and okay, all, right. all kinds of stuff. And um, yeah, I know what we're talking about now. And I was like, like you said, you know, I was the guy everybody saw. They'd seen me before. They yeah. just didn't know who I was because yeah. I wasn't involved. Yeah. So you got okay. Wow. So then all of a sudden now I'm involved in everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, okay. So let's go back. Let's go back a little bit. Uh, you got y'all got married. You had your first child, mm-hmm. and then you you uh, discussion was your your wife is going to raise a kid Catholic. You're staying Baptist. I'm that's firm. You're like I'm not moving this at all, <clears throat> but you're welcome to raise her Catholic. That's pretty much it. It okay. was kind of a kind of a truce, if you will. A I truce. mean, <laughs> was there a big like argument over this? Like, or you just like fine, whatever. Well, no. Um, she was doing the mo- Mother's Day. My oldest was doing the Mother's Day out. Yeah. at the Baptist Church, and that's and uh, so she was. We were getting pretty ingrained in there. Wow. Um, and my oldest, you know, she's. What five six? She knew everybody that was in all the all the pre Ks and yeah, and we were really impressed on the open houses and stuff like that at the Baptist Church. At the Baptist Church, okay. But then, uh, you know, second one came along and we're starting school and things are starting to happen. I mean, we're doing the vacation Bible schools at at the Catholic Church. We're doing RE at the Catholic Church. Yeah. She was just doing Mother's Day out at the Baptist Church. Wow. So was that a transition for them, the kids? Well, the kids are kids, you know, they just whatever at this age, you know, they're just hey, I'm glad to be here, and, yeah, and this uh, is fun, dad, whatever, yeah, it's confusing for you, but I'm having a great time, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like I said, I just felt like I was on hold, and that just wasn't wasn't what I wanted, so okay, and especially when my second one came along and uh, I'm getting left in the uh, in the pew, yeah, um, that was that was tough. I just didn't feel like I was involved, and and I wasn't growing myself spiritually. Um, one of the neat things, I'm, and I know you've no, you know this t- or know this too. Um, when I went through RCIA, RCIA and we're doing the vigil yeah. and uh, friends that are never been baptized or getting baptized and stuff like this was just cool. Cause I mean, I just had, a, had the best time yeah. watching all this because I knew what was going on because uh-huh. I've been baptized when I was nine. and uh, But anyway, it was just fun fun to you're watch. you baptized in the Baptist church. In the Baptist church. Okay. Of course, you get baptized once, in the, and it's good for the Catholic church and yeah. a lot of other religions. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that or know that or believe it. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was just cool to watch, you know, your sins getting washed away and stuff like that for friends. Because we were a pretty tight group by the time we came through the end of uh, RCIA. Okay. All right. I'm with you now. But the best part of the best part of the uh, vigil that night uh, yeah. my oldest daughter had started being a, an altar server describe vigil uh, you know the for people who don't know Saturday oh Saturday night before Easter Sunday okay um, this is where we're waiting for for uh, Christ to rise yeah um, it's a lot of dramatic it's a lot of really good readings from the Bible yeah uh, several of them in fact and uh, it's it's just very it's just a neat time to me. It's almost it's almost like Chris, Christmas all over again. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. That. I, I agree. Yeah, if, uh, that mass is a very long mass. It's like three hours, four in fact, hours. In fact, I can remember Deacon Walt at the end of that one goes, "Our mass is finally over." 
<laughs> yeah. And, uh, but anyway, the cool thing about that one was my oldest daughter had been an ultra server and she asked Deacon, can I, I want a ringside seat to watch my dad, um, uh, join the Catholic church. Of so course. that's where she, she was. She stood right next to him while they were, where we were getting anointed and everything. So did you get dunked or did you get a little over the head, a little water over the head? I didn't get either one um, because, Uh-oh. you know, I'd been baptized when I was a Baptist. You know, oh, was, yeah, but, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, so for those of you who don't know in the Catholic Church, if you've been baptized in another denomination, they, we accept that. That's fine. Other denominations, like, no, you got to be baptized again in our church as become a member of that church. And the Baptist Church is like that a lot. So... Go, you said the Bible, when you were growing up, did you learn a lot about scripture, memorizing and things like that? Um, when I was growing up, most of it's about the Bible stories. Of course, yeah. you know, they'd always, they'd always tell you, you know, where, the, where in the Bible it came from. Um, something I think you would probably think was cool at the church, when we do church training on Sunday evenings, uh-huh. we'd have Bible drills. Look up this, you know, who could look up this Bible verse first and read it? Oh, that's cool. No, I never, I never did that in churches I went to growing up. Yeah, in high but, school, but yeah. Well, I knew pretty much the Old and New Testaments. I knew the stories. In fact, some of them still stay with me whenever, and uh, like Zacchaeus and yeah. uh, and some of the some of the stuff uh, with tax collectors and things like that. All right. But uh, yeah, they they did a good job in teaching us. It was just, like I said at this point, it was just stories for me. But uh, yeah, when I was in college, yeah, we read read the Bible. In Old Testament, uh, when I took my Old Testament class, uh, the Bible was our our textbook. Right. So do, do, do you have a scripture that you remembered that stands out to you today? Oh, yeah. Psalm 27. Oh, yeah. The light is my Lord and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? <laughs> <laughs> That's a song, too. It's actually Chris Tomlin's song, so who shall I fear? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, that's good. So a lot of people don't. Okay, so in Catholic Church... We we kind of screwed. They kind of screwed that up back a long time ago. Where they're like, "Don't worry about it. We'll teach your parents. We'll teach your children." And this is the baby boomer generation. In the last episode, I talked about this with John Collins' episode where Al Peabody, my co-host, was that is that generation, and he grew up in that like not knowing anything, including my own mother. And where today they're just now learning what we're learning today. But the Baptists and other and other denominations, they've always known this stuff because it's always been taught, look, read the Bible, read scripture, memorize this stuff. It's good for you. You can't go wrong memorizing the message out of the Bible. So in a Catholic church, they're just now learning all these things. And um, we don't really have a Bible study per se. It's more of like a history class with, with, with our deacon, but it's still really good. Where the Baptists and the other churches are like, like the church that I went to in high school, um, it was always about learning the Bible, reading the Bible, you know, thumping scripture, like this little brown book right here. This is my original, um, this is my original Bible from high school. I have all these place marks here for all of my scriptures I studied. Ah, uh, NIV version. NIV version. That's, that's a good one. Well, that's, the, I mean, people are like, well, why you read that version? Because this is what I, this is why I, this is how I talk. I don't talk in big words, man. It's like you can learn big words, but but it, but it don't mean you know what they mean, you know. So this is my actual Bible from high school that I carried around with me forever. So yeah, I mean, but now 
Is what? that the abridged version, the Protestant version? Protestant, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're missing some old, well, old yeah. Testament books. <laughs> well, there's so that's another discussion we want to go into that, but um, history wise, and we kind of touched on that one episode about the history of the different translations of the Bibles. I guess we can talk about it. So, to, so for you, those who don't know, the Catholic Virgin Bible, the, there's several different versions of that Bible, like revised versions, but. Um, and a lot of the Baptists and a lot of other Protestant denominations, they think that the Catholic Church added books to the Bible when really no, because the Bible was put together in 325 around there by Constantine. And so after that, the entirety of the Bible was that way. And then around 1500, when, um, the Lutheran church branched off, Martin Luther took the books out of the Bible and said, this is what we're doing, took out seven books. That was in 1500. The Bible that, G, the, Bible that the Catholics use is a, the same version of since 325, after Constantine put it all together. And people are like, that's wrong. I'm like, well, actually, Google it. If you, if you don't believe me, Google it. It's out there, like the original Bible. When, when did the seven books get taken out? Martin Luther took them out in 1500. Okay, that's a schism. That's a great schism that divided the church from the Catholic Church from all the other. That's where the Baptists came. That's where the Presbyterians came. That's where the Church of England came when King Henry did his thing. That's where the King James Bible came from. All those things happened after 1500. It wasn't. It wasn't when Jesus started it. Sorry, some bursting bubbles here. People are like, "Oh, that's wrong." I'm like, well. I invite you to Google it and email me at churchtableproductions at gmail.com if you want to discuss it further, because I will gladly talk to you about it. Anyways. Um, commercial break. Commercial break. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, that's one of those things where, where like, I, that's, 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 my, that's my forte, the history of the church. I love it. Because there's so much in there of why we do what we do. And there's so much in there, even why the Baptists do what they do, that they have no idea why they do what they do. But just because somebody said on a on up there on a on a pew said, "Because I told you so," then they do it. But in re, but in reality, it's no. The person said, "I told you so," is Jesus, not that pastor on a pew, not at all. So, anyways, I got a joke for you. you Want to hear it? Okay. <laughs> What's the difference between a Presbyterian and a Baptist in a liquor store? I don't know. A Presbyterian would talk to you. <laughs> I heard that on I heard on TV the other day from uh, Luke Bryan, by the way, on uh, on uh, one of the shows, one of his shows. He's talking about like because he grew up in the Protestant church too, and he's like, the Baptists don't believe in drinking, and y'all, and you don't. So. In fact, on John Collins and the John Collins show, he had a uh, beer in front of him, and it's like if you're if, if you're actually really a, a true Bible a Baptist thumper, you wouldn't be drinking at all because they don't believe in drinking. So you said beer, by the way. And so when <laughs> so when did you was this in college where you're like I'm gonna drink? Um, let's see. Let me back up. Um, <laughs> yeah. I must have been in high school, maybe junior high or something like that. I can remember my, um, my dad was, because uh, he was in construction um, for Christmas. That was a popular Christmas gift. You know, so he had all kinds of liquor bottles. Oh, in the oil field, yeah. That's and, part of it. That's, that's, that's like. And whenever we, we would get sick and we'd be congested, 
Yeah. Uh, they would mix honey, lemon, and uh, whiskey and get, give it to me. And I thought that was the worst stuff. <laughs> and I'm still not real fond of whiskey, and it's probably for that reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I can remember my mom uh, had some rosé Lancer's wine that she brought that she brought home, and she was like, you know, if you want to ever want to drink, yeah, here you go. Yeah. That was the worst stuff. <laughs> you know, so we tried it once, and it was just wasn't for us. And so I didn't really drink. I mean, even in, in high school when I was a senior and stuff, friends were just starting to drink beers and stuff like that. Now, not the ones that went to my church, yeah, that I remember. Um, Oh, it seems like I tried it, but I was I was too young. I was underage. Yeah. So I get into college. Um, probably when I was a junior, I um, I was rooming with some uh, athletes from school, and uh, I don't remember if they were Baptists or not, but uh, they would uh, uh, they bring bring beers every now and then stuff, and I can remember um, having a few few with them, but I never had drank too much. I mean, it's just maybe one or two. Yeah. Um, was it a big thing for you? Like, oh my God, I'm drinking, even though the Baptists are... Like I said, I was probably a junior. So I was starting to kind of rebel a little bit. I was thinking, okay. you know, God's kind of letting me down here. I'm not... He got me here, and now what am I doing? Yeah. And uh, there's no white. There's no no path. There's nothing for me right now. Okay. Um, and like when I said, when I was a senior, I was kind of getting, starting to get engaged again, and it just didn't... All right. I just had other things to do. Didn't do it. <laughs> um. When I was, uh, after I left, by the time I was leaving Oklahoma State, um, I'd been part of the Baptist Student Union, a lot of things happened in there. Then I kind of, then I rotated off. Here again, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the sessions that they were having. Well, now I'm starting to think, man, it'd be nice to have at least a steady girlfriend or something like that. So bars were where everybody was, was at. So that's, you know, so we'd go, go there. Um, Still, it wasn't one of those things that I was just thrilled about. So, so you were, um, so you you have an idle mind. We idle mind, you get in trouble. I'm not really in trouble. I'm just not doing anything productive. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, you know, the drinking piece, um, it's never really, it's never been one of those things that I've really just enjoyed. I mean, I, you know, if you've had a few too many hangovers on a Sunday morning and stuff like that, aren't fun. Never were fun for me. Yeah. I don't mind going out and um, back in those days, go out and go dancing and, and be silly and stuff like that. That's fun. That was fun then. Um, of course, I didn't have a house. I was living out of an apartment and, and uh, working a lot. So there really wasn't a whole lot of time for that either. All right. Wow. Sorry, I was looking up. The, I was actually looking up the uh, Bible verse for drinking. <laughs> <laughs> because it says in the Bible, like, it's okay to drink, just don't get drunk. Hey. But, Here's okay. Since you're you brought up the Baptist piece yeah. and stuff, you, you know what Baptists are famous for not wanting to do, right? Uh, no. Go ahead. The dancing? No, they, they don't dance. They don't dance. They don't dance. And, right. and what it go, hails back to is um, back in the Prohibition days. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to drink, usually you went to a, a dance hall or underground dance hall or something like that. Dang. So if you were going dancing, the drinking was usually involved. That's the reason why I don't. The Baptist would say, I don't dance. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to drink. So anyway, but then now you're starting to get to other types of Baptists and stuff like that too. The American Baptists, which are further North, like in West Virginia and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't think they, I think they have uh, alcohol with their, uh, 
where they have real wine when they celebrate the Last Supper. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. But yeah, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of antiquated now. Yeah, it is. It is. But however, I still meet Baptists say like, "Yeah, I don't drink. Why don't you drink? Because we we don't drink. Why not? Because it's in a Bible. No, you drink in a Bible. It's right there in the Bible. Okay. No, it's the first uh, miracle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of things we won't get too much into, it, but there's a lot of things that they don't go into, and it's fine. Whatever floats your boat, whatever floats your boat in this show is is great. It's no judgment; it's open mic. So after, you, so when you were in college and you're a Baptist, I, I keep going. I'm sorry, I keep going back there because when you in your 30s, 40s, you were in the church. You're very much so in a church, right? In a Catholic church. I don't know how old you are, I don't want, but 10 years ago, you decided to say, okay, I'm done. Was it a hard transition to say, I'm done with the Baptist, I'm going Catholic? I don't think it, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think it was ever a hard transition. Um, I mean, I like the I like the, the religious training that the fathers and the, and the deacons have. I yeah. really think that is really cool. Yeah. Um, you can talk to them about anything. Yeah. Although when Father Matthew used to sit in on our youth group and stuff like that, I used to ask him questions about, you know, well, I'm not real sure about this, but I'm pretty sure this is the answer, you know, about Corinthians and stuff, the way they were portrayed. And he would be like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. but uh, um, no, it wasn't. Now there's, it wasn't, wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Um, sometimes whenever I'm at Joe Catholic or something like that on a, on a Saturday morning, yeah. um, or around the other small S saints, uh -huh. um, the small S saints. Yeah. What is that? Is that a group? Or well, is that a, that's a, what you and I should be. Small S saints. Yeah. Not with a capital S, not St. Yeah. St. Dan or St. Sean. I ain't dead yet, man. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Still here. But yeah, you should, you know, you should li live a life that uh, God wants you to live. I'm living it. I'm married. Yeah. I'm doing a show. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Sharing, sharing the, the faith and sharing Jesus and mm -hmm. everything else. Yeah. So that's what he wants you to do. Right. But, um, um, you know, like I said, the, you know, the Catholics have a lot of, you know, there's a lot of tra uh, traditions. Yeah. And I think I can remember a, a Lent here a year or two ago, you and I were sitting at a table and we were talking about some of those tradi traditions and, and uh, things and you... You were looking for some fresh air, I think. Um, maybe you're still there. I don't know. Maybe you don't even remember this. But uh, I, no, probably drinking back then. How long ago was it? <laughs> this is like two years ago. I wasn't drinking, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, anyway, um, you know, sometimes when it comes to the traditions, I'm not, you know, I'm not really there. Um, oh, okay. I'm just not aware. Yeah, yeah. Um, like when I turned, um, I won't say how old I am, but, uh, you know, when you turn 60, you don't have to participate in the, in the Friday Lent. Um, well, yeah, you do. You're supposed to, yeah, just because you're 60 doesn't matter. You don't. Well, that's my point. Okay. You know, you, you know, you, you've got, you can, you're excused out of it, but I think if you, you know, if you can do it, well, do it. Well, there's a thing with the nutrition of the, no, like a kid, like in Lent, a, if a kid's under 12, he doesn't participate because he has, because he needs that food for nutrition for his body. Same thing with 16 on up. You got to have that. Sorry, folks, but you got to have that nutrition for your body. Okay, I'm with you now. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Okay. Yes. Well, so since so then, I'll, yeah. so I'll participate in that. Yeah. Even as long as I can, I will. Yeah. Now I'll say this: my first year when we're going through Lent. Yeah. Sometimes I go to lunch with uh, coworkers and stuff like that. Yeah. They would not break on me that hey, you're in the middle of Lent and you shouldn't be eating meat. Yeah. Uh, so Lent is a uh, well. Tell me about Lent, man. So what are, the reason why I ask you this question because you went through RCIA ten years ago. And so for people who grew up in a Catholic church who are cradle Catholic, like your wife and me, and like my wife, um, you know more than us at this point because you got a like a refresher basically of more in depth about the church. So what so that's a good question. What do you out of RCIA, what do you know? Tell me what you know. Um like what is something that you would know that like you know, try me. What you got? <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Okay. Um, it was good. It was a good uh, ramp up for the Catholic Church and traditions, and the you know what we call you know the ambo and what the you know the setting up of the altar and stuff yeah. like that. What it's supposed to represent. Yeah. Those things when you know you don't find that in the Bible. No. So you know, I know I went to school for the Bible. I know a lot of the stories and I know a lot of the backgrounds and I know a lot of what's supposed to be, you know, what certain things mean. Yeah. But when it comes to the Catholic church, I'm familiar with the terms. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always remember them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, um, those things, you know, but I, I've got it for the most part. So I'm not sure I would agree with you as far as I know more about the, the Catholic church than you do right now. All right. Well, I mean, since, well, okay. So in the last few years, I've, I've really focused on the traditions and learning about the history behind the traditions and what we do up on the altar, what they do up on the sanctuary, which is in the Baptist church, that's a giant floor where the pastor stands and the band is. For the Catholic church, it's where the altar is. And then the ambo, the ambo is the pew. It's the uh, the podium. Pulpit. Well, the pulpit. Okay. So the pulpit. <laughs> um these are terms that go all the way back to the first from uh, from the sewers from the from the catacombs when the early Christians were in the catacombs. This is what was happening then, and then we still carry that tr- tradition today because if it ain't broke, why fix it? Why change anything? Because some guy decided I don't want to do it anymore. Whatever. So the um, the church, Catholic Church is filled with tradition. Everywhere you look, there's tradition. There's a reason why, and it goes back to 1800, around in that time period, because after Jesus, Jesus did the Last Supper. He did. He had three years of his ministry, and then he's gone. And he, and his, his, beside all of his miracles and his prayers that he taught everybody, uh, the biggest tradition he was the Last Supper. Around. 15 around 1800 300 years after that is when things started to come together when constantine made the christian church the official church of the roman empire which was the empire the superpower of the world at the time and so it took off from there so all the traditions in that sense when so when constantine brought them up out of the sewers and catacombs the early christians brought all those traditions up with them and they've been here ever since then so like the candles, the the uh, giant altars, the or not giant altars, but the altar, the uh, candles, the 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 cup, the uh, the dishes, the patent, the patent, the bowl, all the food, and everything all has tradition. It goes back to 
that time. And it's amazing to see that and hear that and actually take part in it, participate in it, because you're witnessing something that that has been gone on for so long that people did it that way because if they didn't do if they did it differently, they were killed for it. And so it's and it's a miracle. It's an amazing thing to watch. It's an amazing thing to look. So since that fresh air, I guess, uh, yeah, I really dug deep into the traditions and just really looked into the history of why we do what we do. And in fact, I, I want to get on, I wanted to get him on a show, uh, Tom, um, because when he was teaching me how to be a, a altar server in the very first time, he uh, he said, "What does this mean to you?" And I said, "Well, I'm learning about all this all this tradition." And he said that uh, I well, I said that everything in here has a bloody history. He got mad, but I was serious because everything in here was done because it's how they survived. It's how the Christian church survived in the early days in the catacombs. Like blood was spilt, and that's why we do what we do today because that's what worked. That they survived. We have Christianity because it's that's this is it. This is a proof. And so, anyway, but yes, I would. That's uh, that tradition of the Catholic Church is amazing. And I wish people would come. All denominations would come to the church at least once or twice. Sit down, shut up, sit in a pew, and pay attention and watch, because you would see something that is witnessed every all over the world, all over the place, um, every day of the year. And oftentimes more, um, more than once. And it's a historical event you're watching. It's, it's there. It's proof. There's proof that it happened. Um, and we haven't changed it since and no, no reason to change it. It's an amazing thing. So there's, yeah, um, when I, after I came through RCA, actually during that time, I took that, um, I was smart enough to go. Hey, you know, this is an opportunity for me to ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. and not seem stupid, even though I was ignorant. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, man. So anyway, I use that as kind of a license. And um, of course, you know, while you're in RCIA, RCIA um, you know, they do a good job of uh, getting you integrated into the church. Yeah. And uh, one of the coolest things I thought, and this is during Lent, is the Friday Stations of the Cross. Yeah. Talk about that. And... Um, you know, there's what 14 stations, and um, yeah. and while the Catholic churches I had been in um, are like they're like large plaques on the wall, yeah, and you don't really know anything about them unless you're going through the stations, and it's through the uh, um, it's the journey that Christ makes to the cross, and when he dies, and yeah, and when he's resurrected, I want to say resurrected, but I think it maybe stopped just a little short of that. It stops before that. Um, well, I'm gonna I gotta Google that now. Go keep going. <laughs> but uh, when one of the, when we did our youth uh, mission trip to Nashville and stuff like that, we were in the cathedral there. Uh, those were the most ornate ones I had ever seen. They were like 3D um, nativity si- nativity scene size type uh, stations and stuff. But I thought it was real cool. The perspectives that you look at, uh, whether you're from Mary or. Um, uh, I think uh, Pope John Paul's or St. John Paul's uh, version of it and stuff like that, they're all really good. Yeah. It actually stops that Jesus was placed in the tomb. And then it stops from there. Yeah. 
That's where it would need to because you, you wait for Easter. Yeah. Deep. <laughs> so what it is, so we do the uh, stations of the cross. We actually, yeah, like you saying, follow through the steps of Jesus when, from when he was, uh, uh, Potic condemns him to die. And then there's torture, and then all the way up to Jesus is placed in the tomb. Dropping of the crosses. Yeah. Dropping of the cross. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I can never can even fathom that. But some of the some of the things in there, um, I don't know. It's in the one that um, John Paul put together, or it's not in there. Is you know like Veronica. You know that name is never. I don't think it's ever mentioned in the Bible. Especially not whenever he wipes the wipes the face and and things like that. Now, uh, um, Simon well, um he's mentioned that he's taken from the crowd to help carry the cross after Jesus falls. Simon of Cyrene helps carry the cross. Right. Veronica wipes the face with Jesus as number six. Yeah. Right. But I don't think she's mentioned in the Bible, and I uh, think for that same reason, I don't think that's the reason why it's in. Uh, John Paul's version of the Stations of the Cross. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I see where you're going. Okay. There's, oh, man. Okay, so there's this thing, there's this thing where in that time period, um, the man was a leader, the woman was inferior. So if she didn't really have a major thing, a major, major play, she wasn't really mentioned. The end. Oh, I might get in trouble for that. But anyways... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of that's yeah that's where that plays. And so it's Veronica in the Bible. Let's see. Let's ask Google. Um, is Veronica in the Bible? According to Wikipedia, according to church tradition, Veronica was moved with sympathy when she saw Jesus carrying his cross to Golgotha and gave him her veil that he might wipe his forehead. Uh, other than that, no. <laughs> Okay, so there you go. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Well, so the thing we need to mention about it is, yeah. And I think it, I would, I'd like to, I've never done it at another church, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but everybody kind of moves to the stations, the whole congregation. Yes. So if you ever go up to, like, go up to Lindsay, Texas near Munster, mm -hmm. their stations are crosses around a cemetery where you drive around it. You can drive around it. And it's, gigantic to where you actually walk down this road around a cemetery and you see the stations that are crossing around it. It's up north of here, like an hour north of here. But that's Lindsay, Texas, and their stations is amazing. Like, their church is set up exactly how you think. Like, the uh, the priest, does his house is on the property of the church. It's next door to the church. It's a beautiful church. It's an old German town. But that's the way that's set up. And, uh, and that's the only thing, that's the only other stations I've seen so yeah, I want to know, but that's a good question. You know, I think um, part of our, uh, our one of the members in our RCI in my RCIA class, um, his wife is from Poland. She says they wow. do it at the castles there. Wow! So that'd be really cool. That is cool. So, given everything that you've gone through, everything you experienced through all your life today, from the day you're born with your parents to today, what are the major takeaways that you got out of all this? Um, I know when I'm down, you know, I turn to, turn to prayer Yeah, and I do more of the, um, and I can never pronounce this right. Contemplative, contemplative type prayer. Contemplative, yeah. Um, whenever I've got time to do it, um, 
I sit and I listen. And um, and that's when I put my special partitions up. And those are the things I wish I had learned when I was a kid. <laughs> because it's, it's always good to know that he's there. And I know he listens. And yeah. I know that he doesn't always respond to the way you, you think you want him to respond. It would be really cool if he'd do it like... Uh, uh, like when uh, M- Moses parts the Red Sea and uh, in the Cecil B. DeMille's version of, what was that uh, um, movie with Charlton Heston? And and he's getting the Ten Commandments and God's talking to him with a big, deep voice. Yeah. And the pillar of fire and he's grinding out the Ten Commandments. Yeah, I see uh, that scene, uh, let my people go, split the waters, wherever, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people. I, I love that when people get up on the uh, on the ambo and they get the God voice when they start reading scripture, reading the thing. Yeah, they start doing the readings. They get this God voice. And today's reading, it says this. When actually it sounds like <laughs> something completely different. Yeah, it's great. Well, speaking of Bible stories, yeah. um, oh man, in the Old Testament, yeah, you know, there's the earthquake, there's the fire, yeah, and then God's voice was a small, small voice, mm-hmm. small whisper. Yeah, yeah. That's people should read the Bible even in a Catholic church, right? <laughs> he didn't sound like that. Probably. Well, answer me this. Yeah, here's a question for you. Okay, you know you're 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 going down the road and you're listening to radio stations. Yeah, and you listen to the uh, Protestant stations, yeah. and you can hear them thumping the Bible. And he starts out, and the pastor or whoever the evangelist will start with, you know, um, and he'll make several references to the Bible scriptures. Yeah. But you turn to the Catholic Catholic radio station, yeah, and you'll hear the readings, yeah. But the next guy that comes on and does a actual spot, whether it's Broken Halo or something like that, yeah, rarely hear the Bible mentioned. Talk about the he'll talk about the the uh, Catholic do's and don'ts. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a uh, I think that's one of those uh, because we man that's one of those, so. In the church, if you like in Protestant churches, you see them taking notes instead of their Bible, right? Everybody has a Bible. It's very beautiful, decorated, big, beautiful covers, whatever, right? You never see that in a Catholic church. You very rarely see somebody in a Catholic church has that. And if you see that, it quickly would be gone because they're the only ones coming into the church with their actual Bible and taking down notes. So, and that means that they're 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 brand new into the church or ICIA or whatever, right? Did you do that? Did you bring the Bible in? Did you bring your Bible in when you started coming to church like that? Um, not the Catholic church. No. Never always when I was in the Baptist church every Sunday, mm-hmm. I had to have my Bible with me. In the Catholic church, we don't have to have that. We should. There's nothing that says you should or should not, but it's just a tradition like even when church when I went to, this is my Bible carried with me all the time and during high school. Um but in today's in the Catholic Church, you never see that at all. It's very rare that you see somebody, and like I said, if they see them, it's quickly gone out or so whatever. Um, so why do they not reference the Bible as because I don't think that's one. Of, I think it's one of the things that goes back in history where like the baby boomers were like, well, we didn't do it that way, so we're gonna do it this time. We're gonna do it this way, um, and we're not we're not gonna change that. So, like, you learned a lot about the Bible stories. I can guarantee you there's a lot of baby boomers, including myself, that I'm not a baby boomer, that don't know all the stories like you know those stories because we weren't taught that way. We're just taught, like, general little things, and then that was it. So, yeah. 
But that's why I don't. That's a good question. That's my answer. They weren't taught that way, so therefore they're not going to preach it that way. Also, because the Catholic Church says that only certain people are allowed to interpret the Bible, priest, deacon, okay? Everybody else is hearsay, and which is a dangerous thing to even say on this, but that's the way it is. So keep going. What do you guys? Um, <laughs> We're all right. We're all good. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, that was just the... Just, you know, when we were talking about differences and things like that. Yeah. Um, Sunday mornings. Um, and this was something that, you know, you were talking about things that kind of bothered me maybe whenever I was joining the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it kind of bothered me that uh, only the priest could uh, read the Gospels. You yeah. know, you get lay people for the first two readings, but the third one always had to be the priest. Yeah. Um, That's why it's an interpretation of things. I thought it was more... You know, he's becoming Christ for us. So the, in, so the, the gospel mass. reading is at the ambo. It's not on the altar. So the interpretation, his homily, his sermon is from those readings and the gospels. So he's the only person allowed in the Catholic Church to interpret that. Nobody else can give their two cents about it on the altar, on the ambo like that. That's why you'll, you, that's why you'll never hear anything else read from the ambo because it's... Sacred place. Sacred place readings not announcing hey we're going to fish fry later or whatever yeah yeah so yeah so that made you mad huh that made me mad it was just it was one of those things which is kind of like why do they do this yeah um i i can and i've told this story before but i can remember um in my old testament class when we were asking about uh mary and my old testament instructor said mary was just the right person at the right time and could have been anybody. And let me no. tell you, let me tell you, she was so much more than that. That's uh, very flattering to say, but no. Well, this person yeah. was old enough that when uh, we figured she probably knew God when he was a boy, so we just took him, okay. Mary was like 12 or 13, man. She was, that she was, was young. Yeah, that wasn't like, guess what? You won a lottery. That was like, you're screwed. <laughs> the thing about this, you're so you're you're a twelve year old kid, thirteen year old kid. Let's say fifteen. Well, no, because it's actually question. It's it's easy to go into thirteen years old, and so when when Mary, so at that time period, it was very common for an older man to marry a, a younger woman because the woman had longer life to bear many children. And so it's very common for a older man, and it's still that way today in that type of in that part of the world where the older man will marry a younger woman to bear many children for a longer lifespan. And so and at who knows what Joseph gave Mary's parents for the payment, goat, whatever. Um but so Mary is thirteen years old. They haven't um we, we, go, we go 13 to 15, but they as soon as the woman was able to have a period, she was a woman. She was able to be married, okay? That's just a fact. So anyways, uh, once that happened, the, um, um, so let's think about it. Mary was 13 years old. She's sitting there laying at night, and this angel comes and appears before her, and in the Bible says she's greatly troubled. Dude. Let's think about this. What do you, th- if you saw something, it's 
you're at home, you're in your room at night, and all of a sudden something appears in front of you. Are you greatly troubled, or are you freaking out, or are you like peeing yourself, or what, what's what's happening? Describe this to me. Um, I would be shocked. <laughs> yes, well, I'd be are like you screaming. Are you like get out of my house? What? Like I'd be backing up my, against my headboard of my bed. So <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Um, if I was that, if I was that young. Yeah. Well, even now, I mean, what like even at whatever age you are, what how would you feel now? Yeah, I'd be pretty excited, but uh, trying, you know, pick a lamp up, throw it at it. You're in my house. You're breaking into my. You're a burglar. Well, yeah, I mean, if it, until it took a serious form. Now, a burglar? Oh yeah, absolutely, knocking stuff over and yeah, yeah, dogs bar- dog barking. I'm sure. So the way it, so the way it's read, like this thing appeared, angel appeared. That's you and I are sitting here today. We see each other. So that's what Mary saw. If, you know, if a, if an angel just appeared. Yeah. You know, boy, I know something big's going on. I don't know. I'd be, my heart rate would probably go through the roof. Yeah. But I don't think it'd be one of those things that I'd be scared of. At first, I'd, I'd be, yeah. I'd be wound up tight, but yeah. Oh, I'd be wound Yeah, I'd be like grabbing something, throwing it at it. <laughs> I don't okay. know about that. Well, I like all of a sudden you're he's there. Got, let's say he's got wings and and uh, it looks like an angel, bright. Yes, so it's the angel walks like got to be an angel. Yeah. So it's so when Mary went through that and she also got pregnant and Joseph's like what 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 and then yeah. So it's interesting concept. It's 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 a, it's a beautiful story, interesting story. So that person said what <laughs> the right place at the right time. Yeah, pretty much. So no. She just said she didn't have, wasn't contributing, wasn't a major contributor, you know, like, like we viewer for uh, for the Catholics. Man, she popped out Jesus, dude. That's a that's huge. That's more. I think that's more than anybody could ever give. Yeah, and you know, we also read, you know, that she, you know, had Jesus, you know, turn the water into wine. Yeah, and so which really started his ministry. So, but aside from that, you know, we didn't pray to her. Um, yeah, we don't pray to Mary. We don't pray to anybody. We pray to Jesus. That's it. Pray to Jesus, God. That's it. We don't worship Mary. We pray to we pray to Mary to help help us in, to our, help intercede with Jesus. She's our go to to help us out. Mary, we help me out. Sure, absolutely. That's how it works in layman terms. Yeah, it's like Sean, help me out here. No problem. I need to get this person over there. Give me a ride. Yeah, that's 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 Mary. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, um, well, Jesus' ministry started with the feeding, and his mother made him do it. If you remember that, he's like, "I'm not ready to," and she says, "Do it." And so he turn did, the water into wine. Yeah, yeah, do it. So, and he's like, "Uh," uh-uh. she's like, "No, he's it's time, it's time." So that's a good question. Did Mary? So I always, always, always ask this question out to people: Did Mary, um, did Mary ever tell Jesus who he was as a boy? You know, it, it, I don't never seen anything that um, record recorded that. I yeah. mean, there's just no records because Jesus, as far as we know, is a living human being like you and I are, right? Now, right, but uh, and here again, this is not a good reference. I wouldn't go look into the History Channel for this kind of stuff. But some of the things that they show on there, and they talk about, you know, there's, you know, in all the books that were um, considered for the Bible. Um, you know the 
Council of Trent, whatever. Um, you know, when they put the Bible together and stuff yeah. like that, there were several books that uh, they thought were repetitive or didn't contribute. We're going there, okay. But uh, <laughs> in there, in one of them, and I cannot remember which show this was. Uh, I didn't listen to it too long. Yeah. But uh, it talks about how you know, of course, Joseph was a carpenter. Okay. And of course, back then you didn't go down to the uh, Home Depot of the time and. Yeah grab two by fours and come home and build a home. Yeah. You know, you had to take a log and you had to split it up and you had to uh, make real boards out of it and stuff like that. And he was doing this and I guess he needed two boards uh, the same size. Yeah. And one was actually shorter than the other. All right. But the story in one of these books, the story says that Jesus came up and touched it, saw what the problem was <laughs> and made the board longer. Now, you know, right or wrong, it's, all I can tell you is that was what, was on the History Channel, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, there is that record that he knew yeah. what, what to do. And obviously, he knew who he was whenever he was young, and and they left him at the um, Dead Sinats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm in my father's house listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was always saying, I kind of wonder. That's what I thought was curious because it was the time in there from twelve to thirty. We don't know what happened to him, and people are like, "Well, he's living a holy life." I'm like, "Dude, this guy was a human being just like you and I are in his teenage years." What do you think else he was doing? Because it's Roman Empire, Roman occupied, there's plenty of women and wine. So, I mean. Yeah, but yeah. he's the poor guy. He's a I poor guy, but he's a carpenter. Well, he's all, Jesus was a carpenter, so he made some pretty good buck. He made some money. I don't think so. You don't think so? No, uh-uh. Because yeah. he's, especially in this time, I'm sure, you know, during the Lenten season, you know, you hear about who he was. Um and, you know, it gets recorded, you know, it's recorded in there about, uh, isn't he Joseph the carpenter's son? And, you know, he's doing his father's trait. Yeah. He was he was a laborer. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's nobody. Yeah. So getting women and having money for wine, uh, <laughs> I think he's kind of losing out on both. But yeah. uh, he, he obviously he could. And for that matter, you know, during the temptations of Christ, you know, the 40 days. Yeah. Tying in the Lent here. Um, okay. He, uh, you know, he had, he had those opportunities, you know. Oh, yeah. All he had to do is tell Satan that he was going to worship him and uh, yeah. he was going to give him all the kingdoms and everything he ever wanted as a person, yeah. as a human. Hmm. But I think he had his eye on the ball. I think he knew what was going on. He'd been around long before he became a human. Well, yeah, yeah. So he knew what he, knew what he was there for. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. These readings that were, you know, um, the daily Bible readings right now are all about him um, teaching the apostles right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking today's was Luke, and I cannot remember for sure, but uh, he's been telling, the, this week he's been telling the uh, uh, apostles, hey, I'm, I'm going to die a horrible death, but I'm going to rise on the third day. It was uh, First King. Nope. 3, 15. Oh, that, that was the Old Testament reading. What about the oh. new? I can look it up for you if you want to talk for a minute. I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, come on, man. Uh, Luke 1, 1, Luke 1, 21 and 38. Yeah. yeah birth of Jesus behold, foretold. Yeah. Um, In the, the NIV version. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, 
the uh, readings that I get sent to me in my email, um, this is, I cannot remember, uh, it's a it's Bible commentary, mm-hmm. and uh, I really enjoy those because it kind of fills in gaps and it reminds me of things that uh, I learned in school. Yeah, that's actually one of the, the teaching Bible here. It's the same thing. Uh, here it is. I got the teaching Bible here. It's the, um, uh, it's got, well, that's no, not it. Never mind. <laughs> here it is, Catholic Study Bible. So in the Bible, it has like uh, reading guides, like go back to whatnot and the history behind there. And um, yeah, but it's actually more very elaborate Bibles, like like especially the Protestant churches. They have like one side would be the verse, the scriptures, and the other side of the page would be the actual uh, cliff notes, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. This is the Navera Bible uh, commentaries with the one that I'm, I get daily. You, oh, Nevera? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Cool. One of the things I picked up whenever I was in the RCIA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you think uh, when you went through RCIA, do you think in the long run was that, do you recommend that for credo Catholics? Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, not to necessarily go through the, um, go through the process, because I mean, you're going to miss out on some things like some of the blessings and stuff. But at least participate, yeah. Because um, they uh, do all kinds of things with you. You know, they take you to the take you into the church and they show you the ambo and they show you the setup for the altar, yeah, and how it represents the you know a dinner table, mm-hmm. and um, you know they point out you know the uh, little pieces that decorate the uh, the altar. Yeah, I think ours has uh, disciples on them. On it's it. the way they're martyred. Yes. Yeah. The Ambo has the four Gospels. The uh, the altar has the uh, twelve, the twelve disciples, the twelve disciples, how they were murdered, martyred, killed, except for John. John didn't get killed. He died old age. Hmm. He wrote Revelations. But anyways, yeah. So no, when I took the uh, in youth group, I took my I took my small group in there and gave them a tour. and I let them hold the dishes, let them hold a cup and a palate and the patents. And touch the alves and even touch father's, um, whatever you call it, his alb or his robe. And they thought, they thought that was really cool. Like, I'm touching this. This is freaking awesome. <laughs> and I was like, you need to become a priest or whatever. Anyways, man, I want to say thank you very much for being on the show. It's been an honor. It's been a treat to talk to you. I've always been wanting to talk to you more about it. I've heard your story before. And I want to get more, and I got more out of it than I thought I was. So thank you very much. I'm sure everybody's going to listen, love, love listening to your show. Anything you want to say? Anything you want to? Um, the thing that's always helped me with my spiritual life, you know, I've got the prayer. I've yeah. got a relationship with God, but I need the, I constantly need the um, interaction with other Christians. And so that's one reason why I always get involved in other ministries. Yeah. So whether I'm an usher whether I'm a Eucharistic minister. Yeah. Um, and I'm a backup. I'm not a main player, but uh, yeah, I, I really like taking part in the Mass. Uh, Knights of Columbus has always been a really good um, environment to be in, brothers yeah. and stuff. And um, the stuff I've given up, of course, has been the faith coach because I'm 
with my daughters getting older, and I feel like I was kind of aging out of it a little bit. But, no, you're uh, not. <laughs> but, you, do you know how many people are in there who have no more kids in the group? In the youth group, the, I know it's almost, quite a few. A bunch almost of us, all of them. A bunch of us retired this, or I say retired, just kind yeah. of discontinued, kind of phased out um, this this year. But uh, well, I get, like so, I, I asked one person. I said, "Your kid is long gone. Been graduated for four or five years now. Why do you keep coming back?" And he said, "This is where I get fed. Yeah, this is where I learn." Because I'm learning off of the kids, and the kids are learning off of me. So this is my learning. This is my Bible study. So yeah, yeah, get involved. That's the only thing I can tell you. Just get involved. Help somebody. Good. The rewards are greater. Yes, they are. Very nice. Uh, Sean, ladies and gentlemen, Church Table Productions. I'm Dan Lewis. My guest tonight was Sean Anderson. Sean, thank you very much for coming to the show tonight. Appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Okay, bud. All right. All right. See love you. Bye. My next guest is a friend of mine who I met at my church, and I met him through a slow process of him becoming to where he is today. He started showing up at church with his family and to where eventually he was involved in every ministry that I was involved in, every group that I was involved in, I saw him there. And I got to talk to him, I got to know him, and to one day... He shared with us his testimony, his story. And I was very intrigued by that. I was very like, wow, that was a really great story. That's a really good testimony. That's more than I thought. When I asked him to come on to the show, I had no idea the detail that he was going to go into talking about his life, his story, his his way, the reason why. He is the way he is because the way he believes. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Anderson.